I guess the through line through with all of my audition experiences is if I judged myself in the room, then I don't feel like I had a good audition. That is Michael Rupnow, and I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. This podcast is brought to you by The 5-Minute Journal, which is the simplest, most effective way to be happier every day. It's also brought to you by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash actionpodcast, you can download a free audiobook of your choosing. I will put those two links in the description of this episode. So Michael Rupnow is an actor who lives in L.A., and I had this conversation with him about a year ago, and I had heard that he had just booked this really huge commercial for Corvette, and I'll put the link to that commercial in the description of this episode as well so you can check it out. And right on the tail of that, he also booked the two-part finale of last year's Modern Family television show. So I got in touch with him, and I wanted to figure out what he was doing right And I wanted to strike while the iron was hot and just figure out how he was thinking about auditioning and how he was feeling and just try to understand the way he was thinking about acting at that time. And then sure enough, shortly after this conversation with him, I went on to book three national commercials in the span of a month and then Empire right after that. And now I have booked uh, Chicago Fire, a recurring role on there. And the first episode of that will be tonight, December 1st. So check that out. It is on NBC. You can see the introduction to my character. And I really, truly believe that I owe some credit for those bookings to this very conversation I had with Michael. So I hope you get as much out of this as I did. Um, I hadn't heard this conversation in a while, and it was fun to go back and listen to it. Uh, I got a lot out of it again, even though I talked to him almost a year ago. So please enjoy my conversation with Michael Rupnow. Michael Rupnow, thanks for being on the show. Why don't you start by telling me how you got into acting in the first place? Okay. Um, I guess to cut out like doing any community theater or musicals back when I was in my youth in college while searching for, you know, what uh, what my future uh, profession would be. Uh, I started off thinking I, I wanted to pursue medicine, and in, in that exploration in college, something just wasn't sitting right with my interest with it. And I always had, you know, a great interest in film and movies, always enjoyed uh, watching them when I was younger. Um, and so in college, I decided to take an acting class just kind of see what that was about and found a lot of enjoyment in that. And it just sort of escalated from there. And I sort of, I found my, found my studies really kind of going, steering away from anatomy and physiology and more into philosophy and, uh, and, and narration. And so I decided to, you know, stop that pursuit of medicine and begin taking more acting classes. And so I decided to uh, graduate college and then move out to L.A. right away and just jump in, you know, head first. And uh, so I came out to Los Angeles and started asking around where the, uh, what classes to take. And I audited some classes and jumped in some scene study and began my, uh, my journey of uh, studies in the, uh, in the acting world. And um, 
that pursuit has never ended. I have been in a class since then, and I've changed my approach, my my viewpoint, my um, my craft, my process, you know, so to speak, in that time. And but that's all come from that that investigation of uh, working with different teachers, working with different philosophies, different theories. And once I started getting, you know, some getting some understanding and some some comfort in uh, in my process, uh, success or jobs have have come along with that. I, I did a little bit, a little bit of theater in Chicago before I moved out from Kentucky, from you know college in Kentucky. Did a little theater in Chicago, worked with a with a coach there, and uh, and then it came out to Los Angeles. Do you subscribe to like a specific process with like a title that people would know of? Um, no, I don't. I I work with a coach who I've been working with now for the better part of six years, and uh, his approach. Is has is is a has been evolved has evolved I would say from a few different theories of thought, and it primarily revolves around uh, belief building and imagination work. So the process in outline form is pretty pretty bare bones. It goes, you know, I'll, I'll take a I take the material, I'll take a piece of text, and break it down until until I can until I really understand the circumstances, the situation, what the story is about, I will not move on from from reading the text uh, objectively and subjectively. Once I have a, a you know a solid understanding of the material, then I will start then I will go into my imagination work and making it real for myself, you know, all the specifics that the story uh, requires for uh, for the world, for the character, for for the relationships, all that on the line. And then, you know, and that that part never ends. You know, the the you know the let, let, allowing your imagination to take flight. That you know, even if you're on a, on a doing a full length play on Broadway, you know, for years there's there's can always be some some other element that was like that was that will pop up to you years later and you will you know that never explored. You know, so that's the fun part about acting is the the, the study the the exploration. The pursuit is never over. You know, it's always gonna be with you. But as far as the process goes, yeah, it's it's text analysis, breaking the, breaking down the story, understanding it, and then making that real for for yourself or for myself. Um, and then you know, and then when it's when it's game time, you put that into play. You forget about all the homework you did and trust that in your body is that it's there. And uh, connect with the world with whoever you're working with, your scene partner or whatever, and and uh, and allow the circumstances to play on you. Right. It's funny. Um, I've been reading this book recently called um, The Inner Game of Tennis. It's like a sports psychology book, and they use tennis as an analogy, but it's really, it really applies to a- any skill in life. And it's mm-hmm. all about learning what you need to learn ahead of time. But then when it comes down to actually playing, it's a complete. it's completely to your detriment to be thinking about what you know or thinking about what you've learned. <laughs> And it's funny, like every time I talk to a successful successful actor, they always say the same thing. They say like, yeah. you have to do all this work. There's all this work that you have to do. There's all this preparation and script analysis and all this stuff. But when it comes down to like action, just yeah. turn it all off. Turn it off, man. You know, if you, to use that analogy with sports, you know, you, you hear the term the zone. And, you know, I, I was, you know, did a lot of sports growing up and, 
And the only way I ever found the zone, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, track, or, you know, running for, for sure, finding that zone was when I got out of my head and just yeah. played, was just in it, was just moving, was just doing, and allowing and, 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 and trusting that the, um, all the work is there, you know, that you prepared, you prepared enough to be there and you're just going to allow, you know, to whatever comes up, comes up. Yeah, especially with acting, because, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, from from what I know and what I've experienced is that you are absolutely going to be at your best when you are completely relaxed. When you're completely relaxed, you're completely in the moment. I mean, that's an overused term. I think it's a lot of meaning, yeah, in the moment or or natural or whatever. But, But when you're talking to somebody or you're in life or whatever, you're not thinking about how do I talk to people? How do I interact with people? What's my body doing? You're just talking. You know what I mean? You're relaxed. Yeah. You're natural. And you're in the moment. It's so important to just be able to yeah. be relaxed and turn all that other shit off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, you yeah, definitely relax, relax the mind of um, concern that what you have is not enough, you know? There's, I would say there's definitely a, there can be definitely a, a level of discomfort in the work depending on what the circumstances are. You know, I mean, you might be going into a situation that is high stakes and you're anxious and you know stressed out. I don't wouldn't say that it's comfort, but I think what you're saying is you know is is being comfortable or relaxed in trusting that the work that you've done is there. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And, and letting yeah. letting go letting go of that self-consciousness and in jumping into uh, what the the situation and, and the world requires of you. Right. <laughs> so it's a, fun, it's a fun, it's a fun exploration. It is. Yeah. It's just an amazing, amazingly challenging and, and fulfilling activity in my opinion. I definitely agree. And if, when if that, if that were to run out, I would be moving on, but, I am uh, constantly, um, you know, inspired and moved um, to different heights with the work as uh, as the work as, as my as my exploration and process grows and gets deeper. The love and the appreciation for this art form um, continues to to uh, to grow. So it's uh, as I put in, it gives back. It's 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 a it's a lovely relationship. So you've been studying with this the same teacher for a long time now. Can you talk uh-huh. about like maybe breakthroughs that you hit in your your talent or your your acting ability? You know, I think I think one of the with a major milestones that comes to mind, and I couldn't even tell you when that happened per se, but was this was was the uh, the recognition of of putting myself in the circumstances, um, which seems common sense, but there can be a well for me, you know. There was a, um, I, I tend to analyze work. I, I tend to be I tend to go intellectual with the work, at least in, in my past. And so when I would get some material, I would read it and want to understand it. Why ask all these why questions? You know, why that? Why this? Why that? Why are they doing this? And really try to understand it. And I felt like I wouldn't be able to really get in to the to the characters, the work, until I understood why somebody is doing something. But you don't always know the answer, which is sort of the beauty of the experience is 
you can you can ask yourself all kinds of questions, but you you know in life in reality we don't always get answers. We don't you know there's tons of questions we ask ourselves about we never really know. So it was fool it was foolish for me to to think that I had to know the answers before I could really dig into the work and make it real for myself. So um, so that that recognition and awareness um, then caused me to let go of that and start from scratch and just say okay okay. Who am I playing? And then start with a sort of mantra of like, okay, I am. I am John. I am a doctor. Um, I am John the doctor, and I have a wife. And, you know, and start building my world from the I am, right, and work in, in creating my reality. And from that point on, it was, it, it, breathed, more, it breathed life through the, you know, the character of the world, the relationships, and I was working at it subjectively as opposed to objectively. You know, I was, I was working within the, I was working from within rather than from. That, I would say, was a huge milestone and made the work that much juicier, you know. That's interesting you know? that you mentioned that because, like, I definitely, sometimes I feel like I, if I have a script that I'm working on or whatever, I feel mm-hmm. that I look at the work too intellectually like I feel like it's a math problem in a way, and there's <laughs> answers that I need to find. If I can find all the answers, then right. I'll create the perfect character. But yeah, I often have to get myself out of that. But that's an interesting. Um, I've never heard that before. Looking at it as I am and coming at it that way. Yeah, it just sort of came up. It was like, and it, my my acting coach was was telling me, you know, was having me work on. Through through the different characters of the plan and 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 the critiques and the, that that whole you know journey, it came to this place of how was I transitioning from the text work into the into the imagination work, and from there we were able to pinpoint that I was overanalyzing and getting really getting too intellectual with it and and we you know he helped guide me to to really dig in for, to the work. From within it, like I was saying, um, rather than from it. And once that, once that, it, it was as soon as he said it, it was just like, oh my God, why, I feel like such a fool for not having found this earlier. But um, it made all the difference. So that that was yeah, definitely a huge milestone. And you know, and it just makes so much sense. I mean, that's what we're doing. That's that's the that is that is the deal. That is the gig. That's the rub. You know, is you know wanting to uh, wear the shoes, so to speak. Right. Looking at it from from outside, we're never really going to be getting into the grit. You know, right. it's always going to be a little, a little, a little plastic, a little uh, surface. Sure. And that, sure. and you know, then, then those questions, like, then those questions that we thought we needed to answer, might come, might be answered through the brainstorming, through the the spin, you know, on um, mm-hmm. the different elements of the world of of that's 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 taking place. You know, maybe they won't, maybe they will, but. You know, that's part of the beauty of it is, uh, you know, like I said, in our in our day to day, you and me, Michael and Lee, we don't ever know. Sometimes there's there's questions that we we don't get answered, and and we might ask those questions in our head and be thinking about it, and you know, that's that's the uh, the fun part when you can bring that, I guess, sort of uh, spin to the character. Let those let those those questions percolate, but let those things bother you in the moment and uh, have have a life going on. Right. Right, absolutely. So, 
I want to ask you about this commercial that I saw you in. It's a 2014 Corvette Stingray commercial. Oh, is it a beautiful car or what? Man, that's a nice car. And it's also a nice commercial. That's one of those commercials that everybody wants. All the guys want to get. Cause it's like, yeah. God, makes you, not only is it like a big company, but it's like, right. a, it makes you look awesome too. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that's cool. It's not like one of those, you know, you're not dressed up as like a penguin or something, and then you're like, well, you know, it was a commercial, and I got paid for it. You're like, no, this is, I'm, I look awesome here. Anyway, <laughs> um, tell me about, tell me about the. I'm more interested in the um, auditioning experience for that than the actual shoot itself. But I, I'm also interested in the shoot. Okay. So, but tell me about, tell me about the audition experience for that. Okay, uh, I hope I don't let you down here. It wasn't too um, too, too much and too too involved. Uh, the first time it was just that you know basically the casting came out and they were looking for a Bond slash Jason Bourne type guy. And f- funny enough, I, it, was, it was right after the holidays, the Christmas, New Year's holiday. So it was like January fifth. I came back from um, Wisconsin and I had a full on wild man beard. I mean, I had. I had hair down, you know, to my shoulders. I had a <laughs> a, uh, a solid Paul Bunyan beard going on, and I I kept it all. And I went in, despite the uh, the clean shaven, uh, you know, Jason Bourne or, or, or James Bond type of look, and uh, you know, went in with a suit and tie or whatever. And um, and it was all it was. There was no dialogue. Actually, in the in the first audition, there was some dialogue. But very just like you know one line here there looking at the camera, and they had uh, they had us sort of create a world where um, the opening of the of the audition we were we were running from a uh, an alleyway getting chased by a monster and uh, and got locked and, and we found our, we found a warehouse for ourselves so we so the camera came on we're, we're you know backed up against the wall and we run into this room and it's dark and we're looking around because this you know this 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 monster could be anywhere and and it's an open vast open dark warehouse and uh and then a uh pretend woman is supposed to come out from behind the camera and um throws us a key so we catch this thing catch the key and then we fall back into a chair there's a single chair sitting on the floor in the middle of the audition room so you fall back into the chair and now we're in a car that was built around us and now we're in a car and we're cruising and we're looking up out the windows and we're getting chased by this monster thing that i didn't know what this commercial was for at the time and then we look at the camera and we delivered whatever piece of dialogue it was which was not part of the final cut of that that commercial so that was the first audition i was like i have no idea what happened there but okay that was fun um, and you know, the, the, uh, the, the guy running camera just, you know, kind of walks you through the action of what's going on. So it's not like sure. you remember explanation and, and then just go. And then that was it. It was like, okay, we're doing this now. And all right, the key's coming at you, catch it, fall back in the chair. Boom. Okay. Now slam on the gas and you're, 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 you know, you're driving through a street and you got to turn a corner or turn left, turn right. You know, he's walking you through the whole thing. Um, so, uh, so that was the initial audition and, uh, and then, you know, the following, you know, a couple of days later, or the following week, I don't know, three, four days later, I uh, got a call for a callback and um, went in, and and the uh, the director and the producer were there, 
and they kind of kind of did the same thing, uh, sort of the same the same sort of action, and that was it. And then I I got a call, uh, you know, a couple of days later that I was up for it. And what actually what happened was the commercial they the commercial they were thinking that they wanted a celebrity, and so there was a a, a possibility that they were going to get somebody uh, with a name with a face. And um, so it was kind of on hold for a couple of weeks, and then uh, and then it all worked out in my benefit or my favor. So that was the process. And then uh, we were on set for four days, shooting in downtown Los Angeles and over by uh, LAX. And uh, I unfortunately never got to drive the car myself. I got to ride in it with the stunt driver, which was exciting. Um, but yeah, man, I had a great time. We the, all the close-up shots were on a green screen at a studio over at Rally Studios. Uh, actually, in the the 2014 car, which was there was only two of them at the time, and um, yeah, man, it was just a it was it was an unbelievable experience. Definitely, definitely the highlight of any of my um, on camera experiences, and it was it was uh, pretty thrilling. So let me ask you uh, first. I have two questions for you. First one is when you walked out of that first audition, did uh-huh. you feel like you had done a good job? I mean, we all know what it feels like to do a good job, and then we also know what it feels like where you walk out and you're like, I blew that. Did you feel like you well, did a good job? <laughs> uh, yes and no. You know, I mean, you know, especially auditioning process is, for me is always kind of weird. Like, you know, whether it's commercial or theatrical, you know, you're going into a, a room, you're going into an office room, and you got to create, you're, you got to create a new a whole world for yourself, right? So. Right. You know, <laughs> so that's always just a challenge in itself. You know, sometimes it's going to be a little bit easier depending on the circumstances and, you know, what, what the situation, you know, is taking place. But, you know, some are a little bit more difficult, such as this particular commercial where, you know, there's something chasing you and it's this monster or fly, something flying or whatever, and you're running on alleys and you're in a dark warehouse and you got to, you know, you're, it's all imagination, and you're doing it sort of, you know, on the spot. So, you know, when I walked out, there's an element of like, wow, I feel like I kind of like a fool. I mean, like, it was, like I don't know if that read true at all, you know. But there was also like the element of, well, I didn't get in my head. I went with it, and it was real. It wasn't like I was, I wasn't judging myself through the process. So, I guess to answer your question, I did feel good about it because um, through. I guess the through line through with all of my audition experiences is if I judged myself in the room, then I don't feel like I had a good audition. If I feel like I was truthful with what was going on with me and in the room, and then I go out and I try analyzing afterwards, um, at least I know that I wasn't in my head in the room and I was I was authentic. You know right. what I'm saying? So. Yep. Um, so I would say, yeah, I, I felt good about it and I felt confident about it for what it was. I mean, because you know, at the end of the day, everybody who was auditioning feels that same way. You know, everyone's feeling like a little bit of an idiot in some, you know, some uh, building some imaginary, imaginary world. <laughs> you know, they kind of feel like I feel like an idiot right now. So, you know, what is going on? But like I said, I, I, if you can just go with it and be authentic with the experience, then that is when I feel like the audition went well. Right. So um, my second question is, when you were on set, 
were you basically doing the same? I mean, obviously it's much more complicated and you're there for four days. You're not there for, you know, five minutes in a, in a office space, but did you feel like you were essentially doing the same things? Like, did they test you for the appropriate things in the audition room? Um, <laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, there's no way that they can test you for all that in the audition room. I mean, as you saw, there's a lot going on, you know, where I'm running, I'm running through a, through, through trees. I'm running up hills. I'm running, you know, uh, I fall back into a moving rig. You know, I, when they, you know, I don't remember the, the part at the end when I have a stare down with the, uh, the stingray, right. like, we, there's a whole rig set up to where I could, I, I walked out of the car as it was spinning, as it was tail spinning. You know, so all those things you can't, you can't really do an audition room. It was one of those things where the director, after you know, during the the fitting, um, I was able to meet the director and the producer in person and, and discuss the project and and the vision and whatnot. And and they, you know, they he was they were able to walk me through some of the ideas that were going to take place. Um, you know, with something like that, it's just like it's it's boom, 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 and um, at times of the essence. So uh, you just kind of roll with it. So you you know you just go with. You know, go with each one, each take and, and, you know, talk out any questions or concerns and, um, you know, I just kind of wrote it. So the, 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 the real loose structure of the idea for the commercial we did in the room, you know, um, but as far as the actual bullet points, the, uh, the, the story plot points, um, and action sequences, there's no way we could, we did that, you know, on, on, on the day. Right. So now let's talk about, um, modern family. You were, yeah, yeah you're on a, uh, the two part wedding special. Modern wedding. I am. Yeah. So the first part aired on Wednesday and then we have the second part last episode of the season, uh, coming up this Wednesday, the 21st. Right. You play Eddie, right. Who's, um, I'm, Sal. That's right. Baby daddy. <laughs> Right, Sal's baby, Sal's baby daddy, uh, coming out of nowhere. It was a blast. So, would you say that that was a comparable uh, audition experience to the Corvette one, or was that different in any particular way? Oh yeah, I, I would say much different. You know, I mean, one, I'm talking to people. You know, I'm talking to somebody, so I actually have a life going on, a relationship going on. Um, as opposed to just working off imaginary pe- imaginary people, and the scenes that we did were, you know, I had the I had the the, uh, the sides for uh, the episode, so for my for my audition, so I was prepared on what was going to take place. You know, funny enough, <clears throat> on the day I went in, there was it was a last minute added role. I think it it, it, it just sort of came up. It was straight to callback, and uh, I was actually late. I was running late to the audition. And so over at uh, 20th Century Fox Studios, you have to park about 10 minutes away over at a different uh, parking structure and then walk along the road to the studio. So I was running late. So, of course, I'm running at parking structure and I'm, I'm booking. I'm sprinting to the studio, sweating. I get through the security. I'm running over to the office. And as soon as I get it, get, as soon as I get there, it's, you know, the whole lobby is full of guys waiting to go in for their read all signed in. I signed in and we had, we had appointment times. So my appointment time was at the moment, I was like, I was like five, 10 minutes late. 
And so the cashier comes out, he calls my name, and I'm literally, I just put my, my letter <laughs> down on the sign-in sheet. And I, he was like, you ready? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I only have like three lines. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. So I followed him in. I'm still huffing and puffing. I'm sweating. I walk in, and all that frantic energy worked perfectly for the scene. And that's kind of why I knew, like, let's go right now because this is totally the guy. And, uh, and so I think that played into the energy and life of Eddie. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I felt, I felt really good about it because it just, it, uh, I had a lot going on more than just waiting in a, in a lobby, you know, to go in for a read. And, um, and yeah, you know, like that, if, as you saw in the episode, that's sort of how it went. It was like, I walk in, the, I walk in and I, you know, say my line and then, and then it's always, it's kind of frantic, the whole thing's kind of frantic and it just worked perfectly. That's funny. Oh, wow, that's yeah. really yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it was a good time and great show. And I, I was saying my prayers uh, when I when I got the call for booking because it's uh, definitely a blessing to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's say that um, now that we're talking about like <clears throat> auditioning, I don't know how it is in LA, but in Chicago we get auditions for the next day generally. Uh, uh-huh. Sometimes for the same day. I'm assuming it's pretty similar in LA. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Rarely do you get a uh, an audition the same day, whether it's commercial or theatrical. Um, generally, commercials come in the day before theatricals. You usually get a couple days, a couple days to work on, depending on the amount of scenes or you know status of the role. You know, if it's a co-star, you probably get the day before, maybe two days. Usually it's the day before, like a commercial. If it's a guest star, you get more time than recurring, and you know, yada yada. So you have a little bit more time because you have more pages. But sometimes mm-hmm. you get, you know, you, sometimes you get seven, ten pages the night before, and you gotta go work in and and uh, basically anchor in, anchor in the necessities. Let's say you get one, you get a, you get an audition for the next day. Uh huh. What do you, what do you do? What's your process? Well, um, get a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. get some uh, some slow jazz on. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, I uh, I I read the size and like kind of like but the process I was saying earlier with my scene study is uh, you know first start with the text analysis, read the read the sides, and gauge what's going on now. Because you're not reading a full script, you don't have all the story, so you're going to use all of the the elements that you can to gauge what's going on, right? So you look, you can look at the sides, read the breakdown of the character, you can read the breakdown of the other characters, you know, so you can you, know, you can get an idea of the relationships that are going down if you have access to that. If you have access to the um, to the synopsis of the story, you know, sometimes you can get access to the breakdowns, or you can go on like IMDb, you know, and maybe the the, the project is up. You know, so it depends. It's, you you want to gain as much information as you can about what's going on. If, I've, if it's a TV show, I've never seen this show before. I'll watch the show to get an idea of the the rhythm, you know, the the energy of the piece of of, of, the, of, the, of the project. Um, you know, but first and foremost, you know, I'll, I'll look at the sides. And if it's a TV show, then we're looking at you know the 30 minute or 60 minute. And if I'm a co-star or guest star, I kind of have a sense of what my purpose is to the the story, you know, and that always helps to understand, you know, why are you there? Like, am I, 
just pushing the, the story forward? Am I there to push the story forward? Am I the significant element to, uh, like, if it's, you know, if you're CSI and you're a guest star, you're probably the, the main character for whatever uh, crime has been taking place, right? So it mm-hmm. just it helps to understand the purpose of the role in the story. But again, like, going going to the side and gaining understanding of what the circumstances are, what's taking place, uh, who the character is, what the relationships are, um, and then start making that real for myself. If I can understand, depending on page number, you know, where in the story the scene takes place, it might help with understanding the um, the function of the scene, which could help the play with the characters. So, you know, that... Like I said, all these different elements to um, to gaining as much information on the on the on the scene as possible. You know, making that real for myself and trying to get off book. You know, try to be off as much off book as possible, um, and then read it a few times with uh, with with my with my girlfriend or with a friend, and you know, getting it getting comfortable with it, and then going into the room, com- you know, confident. Right, forgetting it all. Forgetting yeah. it all, man. Trusting trusting it's there. You know, I mean, eh, when you when you go on audition, you can have the sides with you. You know, as a something to uh, look at if you need to or refer to. But I always right. I always prefer to be up book as much as possible, and I'm not thinking sure. about what I'm saying. You know, it just helps it helps. Like I said, to get out of my head and just be in it and play freely. Do you generally walk into auditions really confident? I try to, <laughs> I try to, you know, that, you know, there's, I, that's, that's part of well, where I'm at now. Yes. I haven't always been that way. I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely had some failures, countless failures of like just anxiety, just overriding me in the room, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it was what I felt like I was in doing a good job or I was, you know, there's all kinds of different judgments, you know, judgments getting in the head at which, you know, at the end of the day you leave and you're like, shit, man, why was I even, no one even cared. All that shit I was thinking about. No one gives a shit about that. So, you know, and that's, and that's the, the consistent recognition I have whenever I lose my, my confidence um, and get self-conscious is once I leave and it's done, I'm kicking myself because why was I worrying about that? It it, it was it's pointless, you know. So I'm in a place now where yeah, like I feel confident. I've, I've I've experienced, you know, the audition process and I've experienced various rooms um, of the of the audition process and uh, and you know, at the end of the day, I recognize that my duty to the audition is to bring myself to the room as an artist, you know, what I'm going to bring to the room. I'm not going to worry about what somebody expects me to bring, what somebody expects or has an idea of the piece. My duty as an artist, and really at the bottom line, why I'm even doing it, why I love doing it, is to find my expression within it. So that's what I got to bring to the room and fuck everybody else. Fuck, you know, fuck, it's not so much fuck everybody else, it's fuck the ideas I have or the judgments I'm going to place upon um, not living up to somebody's expectation or somebody else's idea or what, or what I think somebody else's idea. Like, you know, that's that, that's that whole self-conscious spin that could take place. 
And it's just letting go of all that and doing my thing and going in and doing it confidently and, and, uh, and authentically and, and, um, honestly and uh and then leave it and 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 letting go of it forgetting about it and if i get the job i get the job if i don't oh well moving on to the next one because and that you know in that it always helps be working on something so that well for me i keep saying here uh it always helps it always helps that i'm working on some character or some project some scene something so that i have something else to go to it's not like oh I, i get all anxious about having to get this job because I want to work. I want to do something. It's like, I am working. I'm working on this. I'm working on that. If I get this job, great. If I don't, there's going to be another one. I'm always, I'm doing my thing as an artist. I'm working on scenes. I'm working on projects. I'm working on a character. And that's really what it comes down to. And, and once, once I get into that rhythm, there's not so, there's not, there's not so much uh, focus or dependency on hat on, on booking a gig. It's just more about, doing the work doing mm-hmm. the work as honestly as you can as possible and uh and that's the bottom line right and i i you know ideally that that's well that's the ideal place i want to be is do my work as deeply and honestly as possible the best of my ability and um hopefully that will bring in uh paying work that i can continue doing this as a career yeah but it yeah, always helps working on something else so that i'm I'm not putting all that weight into that one particular job, you know. It's it's just too taxing. It's it's I, I don't find it. It doesn't. It's not healthy. That's a big reason why I got into like finding an enjoyment in writing. I'm not very good at it, but uh, but at least it's a it's an outlet, you know, an artistic outlet to do. So I feel productive and and feel sure. fired and whatnot. So you know, you know, it's, and that's that's that's. That's the idea of hobbies and whatnot. So you don't put all that dependency um, and desperation into, you know, the audition. Yeah. Because that's it stinks, man. They, they, you know, you you can smell it. You can smell it yourself. The the, the casting directors, the producers can smell it. <laughs> they can smell that desperation walking into the room a mile away. You know, it's like, oh yeah, here we go. This guy's got nothing else going on. All um, right. Yeah. So now, yeah, now I'm at a place where I, I feel confident, and and it's it's just the confidence in doing the work I'm gonna do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's funny. I um the I can think back to the times that I booked the things that I booked commercials or um, films or whatever, but uh-huh. almost to a project, it was the ones that I didn't care about. It was the ones that I like for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I get this or not. You know, maybe I had just booked something else, you know, and I went into this like, oh, whatever. You know, I have this other job. It's not a big deal. Like, if I get it, I get it. Those are the ones uh, I book. Those are the ones I book. And I think, I, I honestly think that like, yes, you probably do better work, right? You probably do better work when you're when you're relaxed and you're just kind of being yourself. But also you walk in there and you're kind of like, you know, take it or leave it. That attitude shows through. And I think those casting directors are so used to seeing people who are like, please give me the job. Like, please give me the job. I need this to pay my rent. Then they see somebody come in. And even if they're not that great, they see somebody come in who's like, you know, I'm a cool, cool cat, whatever. If you want to give it, fine. If you don't, fine. And they're like, oh, who's this? Right, right. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's an energy that um, that exudes, you know, that it, that um, that comes off. That's uh, that's attractive. You want to be with you. You want to be working with somebody that's confident in what they're doing. You know, that's sure. confident in themselves. Uh, because you're gonna be working with this this person. You know, that's what they're, they're like. Do I want to cast this person? Do I want to put them on set with the cast and crew that we know? You know, and that you might be on for multiple days. Is this somebody that's going to be on set and is going to bother everybody? Is going to be like, you know, is going to is going to get anxious in the moment on camera? You know, so I think it's that's a big thing. Is you know, if you got somebody who is is anchored into themselves, is confident in who they are, that's three quarters of the battle. I think because so too. That, like you said, that confidence is going to. Um, is gonna reflect on on just under the screen and also right. like that with everybody else, you know. So, yeah. People yeah, want to watch confident people. That's an attractive trait, and people like to watch that. Like if you think about a lot of the big characters that we love, like James Bond or like Indiana Jones or whatever, those guys are just like supremely confident, and that's fun to watch. And so when a super confident actor walks into a room, the casting directors want to watch that. They want to see that. Even if like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have all the Shakespeare background or whatever. He's still, it's still (laughs) fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know, even, even if you're doing, you know, um, I was, you know, it's quote unquote character work. I think that there's a confidence in the individual that that is that anchors them in in building the character in in be able to in be able to um, live out. You could you could have a character that's anxious, you know, a character that is that is self conscious and anxious and you know. But if you're if you're breathing that desperation and that anxiety within yourself, it could take you out of the authenticity of the actual uh, moment of the you know in the scene that you're working on that you're auditioning for. Because you're in your head about, am I going to get this job? And you're not, you're not present to what's actually happening. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, I, I totally agree. I, I guess bring it off full circle. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think that that's uh, a good portion of the battle, what you're bringing to the room. And I've heard that plenty of times, like from casting directors themselves saying that when somebody walks into a room and they're like desperate, you can tell, mm-hmm. it just immediately turns them off. You know, right. Yeah, I was I was talking about um on the I don't know if it was the last podcast or the one before, but I was talking about this audition that I went to for a commercial and I don't remember why I was doing this, but like I was just totally relaxed and like I was not prepared. And I'm always prepared now, obviously. Like I've learned my lesson, but I didn't have the lines down. I didn't have I walked in there and I was just like goofy and weird doing all this like weird shit, but I booked it. I booked it because I was just like, I mean, I was flubbing all the lines, but because I was just like having a great time and just like yeah. being myself. Yeah. I booked it. That's a great, that's a great awareness to, uh, to what works. So, um, I'm curious, and I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently because, um, well, I don't exactly know why I've been thinking about this, but I, uh, <laughs> I've been reading, I've been reading a lot of like Stanislavski books, 
as well as Uta Hagen, the Respect for Acting books, which I think is maybe the best. I mean, I've read a lot of acting books, and I think it's it's the most important one to me so far. I've read it many times, but I'm curious because I'm very aware. I've become very aware of like how since I started acting, because I started it sort of later in life. I wasn't I wasn't the kid who was in theater. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I started it later, and I've noticed that it's changed me as a person in some ways. Like, for instance, I pay very close attention to my emotions when I'm in uh, situations that are unique. So, like, and this is the biggest example of this. I was in a breakup situation some months ago, and I I couldn't help but think the whole time, how am I feeling right now? Like, what is this like? Remember this. What am I doing? Mm. And all this, right? And that was mm-hmm. that was an unconscious, not unconscious, but it was a an involuntary thing that had developed inside of me where I was like, I need to remember this. And I do it all the time. If I'm super happy, if I'm like celebrating about something, I it it triggers this thing in me where I'm like, I need to remember how this what this is like, what this feels uh, like, because I can use it later, you know. Yeah. Uh huh. So I'm curious, like, have you noticed any? Anything similar? Anything that where acting has changed you as a person? Well, funny, funny enough, on on your example, I um, I remember doing that a few years ago. Uh, where I, I I thought that I needed to remember an emotion for a circumstance, you know, um, and catalog and 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 download or catalog it somewhere in my brain, but what I realized about that is when we're playing in a situation, like if you're, if you're in that breakup scene on stage or, you know, in a, in a class or in a, you know, on set, or if you're, if you're actually in a, in a scripted breakup scene, or if I was, I'll put it myself. If I'm in a scripted breakup scene, I'm not going to be thinking about, Oh, right. I remember that time when I got into, when I got into a breakup and I was feeling this like, pain in my heart. I got to find that pain in my, in my gut right here because that was authentic then. I just, I, I don't, I don't concern myself with that because I know that that's there, you know, and I'm, if, as long as I'm connected to like that, the, the situation, the circumstances, the relationship is real, that it matters, then those emotions are going to, are going to play on me no matter what. That's because mm-hmm. we're, we're emo- like as human beings, we're, we're emotional beings. We're an emotional species. Like that's, that's that's what it is. That's that's part of life. I mean, that is, we're feeling things all the time. Those emotions are there. We know they're, um, you've experienced them. So we know they're there. Don't worry about it. And so when I'm in the scene, I just got to work. I got to make sure that the stakes are real. The relationship is real. I am involved. And if I'm not feeling anything, then I'm not going to worry about Oh, I I gotta find that feeling. I'm gonna worry about what is what is not real for me in this scene, in this in this story. And I I would I would I would for for my process, I'm I would bet that the love for the for the significant other is probably not there, or you know what am I losing from this breakup is probably not there. You know those those elements are not real for myself because if they're real, 
Like if I know what I'm losing and I know what I'm, you know, what I'm, who this person is and what they mean to me, then I'm going to be a flood of emotions, you know, and I'm not going to have to go find um, the emotions from a previous breakup to make to make them come alive. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, but I, I do remember that, man. I, you know, when I read Uta Hagen's book back in college, when I was first investigating acting and doing scenes and doing the scene classes, I remember loving it. I can't, I couldn't quote anything from the book. I remember really enjoying it and being being hugely inspired, you know, enough to like go home that 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 next semester and tell my parents that I'm gonna drop out of college and go be an actor when they think that I'm like on track to be uh you know a doctor or something. Um it was it was it got me confident and inspired. I remember that book uh doing that for me. I I haven't gone back to it since, which was I don't know, ten some years ago. Um but uh, I remember it being a uh, a hugely inspiring book. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant piece, I think. So, okay, so let's get a little bit um, sort of cliche here, and I'm going to ask you some questions that I think are asked in every single interview ever done by anybody <laughs> ever. So what what tip or piece of advice do you wish you had heard earlier in your career? Now you're, you know, you're, you're getting this, this success, and what do you wish you had heard five years ago that you would have heeded, you know? That I would have needed? Um, that you would have heeded, that you would have, that you would have like, accepted and, and actually practiced. Oh, okay. Because I know that uh, if, I had, if I had some advice five years ago, I would have been like, fuck you. Like, That's bullshit. But <laughs> That's a good question. That's a really good question. Uh, let me think. I would say to myself when I first, got inspired to be an actor i would i would i would enforce the importance of being an artist of of finding the arts within myself and not worrying about all the cosmetic aspect that acting and hollywood can bring you know you come to los angeles and there's so much so much color so much you know, flare around you, and it it can be distracting, it, and it and it and it can be distracting from it can distract you or it distracted me from uh, from the reason I wanted to be an actor, which was the artistry in it. So, I would really enforce um, that element of just concentrate on studying, working the scenes, get into a class, get into a studio, do as much theater, do as much do as much. Uh, character work as you can. Find a good coach. Find somebody that inspires you, that you understand, that understands you. Like really work on the the the, uh, the academic aspect of it, and really, which is just learning the craft, learning finding your craft as an artist, as an actor. Um, that would that would that's what I would I would enforce. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think you and I have very similar uh, approaches to to acting. Because I've actually never talked to anybody who looks at it as such a like an academic sort of a pursuit as you do. You're like every artist has a craft in some way. I mean, it's 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 immensely personal. Um, but when you when it comes down to, I think that's what makes master artists is they they understand their process. You know, right? Uh, 
Right. And uh, which you know, and I think I think that's hugely important. I think that's 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 the uh, that's that's the rub. Right. If you read, I mean, any of the great acting teachers or or biographies of actors, they always talk about how it's something that it that constantly needs work and needs to be learned and practiced and like you have to work on your technique. For instance, Jay Leno, right? He's not an actor, but he's a comedian. Right. And he said that um he said that if you want to make it as a comedian, if you can make it to the stage, uh what did he say? If you can make it to the stage every day for ten years, you'll be successful. Right? <laughs> now uh-huh. I think that probably very few comedians had that kind of discipline, right? Oh yeah. It's the same way that actors like they think, oh yeah, I'm an actor. Oh, and then and then they and then they resort to complaining about their agent, complaining about the market or whatever. It's like, no, you aren't doing your piece. You're not learning. You're not practicing. You gotta, you, you gotta put in the work, man. Yeah. It's like the ten thousand the ten thousand hour rule, you know? Exactly. Uh, I'm actually doing the calculation. So if you were going to stage every day for 10 years, let's say you're, uh, what do you say? You think it's an on stage for an hour? Yeah. That is, that is 3,650 hours. And if you could buy it by the 10,000 hour rule, you times that by three. You have to put in three hours a day, every day for 10 years to right. become master at your work and i i think that that is valid i do right i think that that is valid i'm fine i i it's just in my experience like the more work i put into it the greater response i i get from it you know as far as whether I'm, I'm 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 hitting new milestones in my approach or i'm booking a job or you know whatever the more i put in the more I find back, you know, it's kind of like people say, like work begets work. The more you're working, the more work is going to come for you. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the only way we can do it. I mean, and, and, like, and like you were talking about reading these different biographies and whatnot, man, like a lot of the a lot of the artists that I admire are the, are always say that they're always working, whether they're bad, you know, if they're not working on a job, they're in a class. If the, you know, if they're not working on a job, they're working on something else on the side to get another job. You know, like they're always they're not just sitting around and waiting for their agent to call them and say, hey, you got an audition tomorrow, and then hopefully you're going to go in there and kill it and book it. They're always working on They're always hustling. They're always they're always digging deeper in their work, right. in their craft, in their process, you know, because it's never-ending. You know? Yeah. There's this um, this one book I read. I can't remember what it's called, but it was something about – it was actually a really crappy book. It was called, like – how to make it in Hollywood or something. It was some bullshit book, but um, I read it when I first started. And uh, there was this story. Uh, the author of the book actually was roommates with, um, uh, what's his name? George Costanza from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah? But um, he was talking about how people people don't have the want enough to actually make it, they, they they sort of like desire to be like famous or whatever, be an actor or whatever. Uh-huh. But they don't they don't actually want it. And so he was talking about this time where he so he he was uh he was roommates with uh this is gonna bug me, but we'll just call him George. And um 
Jason Alexander. Yes, thank you very much, Jason Alexander. So he, um, he, Jason Alexander goes to this class, uh, some Shakespeare class, and does this monologue that he's been working on for a long time, and the teacher like berates him for it, says that it's not good enough, it's not whatever, it's not up to par. And this is like a Friday night or something. And Jason Alexander goes home and uh, the author was talking to him. And he was like, yeah, come out to this party. Come, you know, come drink with us or whatever. And he said that uh, Jason Alexander would not come, come out. And then he came back like six hours later and Jason was still in his room reciting the the monologue, like with extreme oh, wow. emotion. And he was like, that's what it's about. That's how you get good. I mean, wow, that, that's the sort of practice that it takes. Yeah, I applaud that. That that's getting to the grit, man. That's getting that's 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 digging in when you don't want to be there. That's the right. fourth quarter when you're you know when it's like you're beat down and you still push forward. Right. Um, um, Especially at tough when it's like you know you're after a rejection like that, you know. Tough. We I all mean, have to deal with that. How do you deal with the rejection? Um, well, I'm just I'm stubborn, man. You know, I'm stubborn. I won't take no. I won't take no for an answer. I I I have a determination to succeed, and um, and I recognize that it's not easy. And that's you know that's I mean, that's <laughs> that's actually an element I like about the work uh, because it's it's a uh, it's a great metaphor for life, you know. I mean, life is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy, and I don't want a career that is supposed to be easy. I think I would get bored with it. So, I the rejection, while I'm saying I enjoy it in a way, I it eats me alive a lot of the times. Um, but I recognize that that's just part of the journey. And, you know, is the rejection, and it's going to make me that much stronger, and it's going to make me appreciate the things that I receive from it that much more, you know? So, you know, when I get rejected, I, I, uh, if I feel like I, if I feel like I wanted the job and I did a lot of, a lot of good work on it, then I will analyze it and see where I could have uh, improved or done it better. And then try to apply that, that work or that recognition to the, the next opportunity, you know, with commercials, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier is just, just get out of your head and just be in the moment and just play and let it go. But with theatrical, you know, with, with actual character work, um, I, you know, if I, if there was a job that I put a lot of work into, I'll, I'll look at it and see, you know, where I could have, where I could have maybe done something different, you know, where I might've missed Mr. Mark. And, you know, you're never going to get the answer on what the reason was why you didn't get it, but, you know, at least I can just try to improve so rejection, man, it's like, you know, if it's, if it's eating me alive, if, if it's hard, then surround, you know, I surround myself with, with something that I enjoy, whether it's friends or, you know, a hobby I enjoy and just get out of my head. And, uh, if I'm, if I'm, I can also, I was all, I'll also use it to, uh, just make me stronger and improve, you know, right. Build, build some more drive. Thanks for listening to Action, everyone. My name's Lee Foster, and if you really like this podcast, go to iTunes and give me a rating and review. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you.